On today's episode, I am joined by former James Madison University women's lacrosse player, Haley Warden. Haley was an All-American by the coaches in 2017 and the media both in 2017 and in 2018. Uh, She was the 2017 CAA Player of the Year and was the 2018 CAA Co-Defensive Player of the Year. And of course, Haley won the national championship uh, back in 2018 with James Madison. Currently, Haley is the assistant coach uh, for the Arizona State Women's Lacrosse team. I just want to welcome Haley to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. And how's everything going? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to talk about my journey and just see how we can continue to grow the sport. Well, I sort of want to start off the podcast talking about the beginning of your career and sort of working all the way up to where you are today. Uh, So doing research on yourself, it says that you're from Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Talk about growing up there and how you start playing lacrosse. Yeah, so actually, funny enough, um, my dad picked up the sport for fun uh, at like a D2 school. He played football, but he decided that he was going to go play club lacrosse. So he kind of exposed my family to that. Um, My brothers both played growing up, so I really looked up to them. So they started, so I've wanted to follow in their footsteps. And then that's kind of how I got a stick in my hand was watching my brothers play and just being around it um, my whole childhood. Did you watch any of lacrosse growing up? And if so, who were some of your favorite players that you admired? Yeah, so I I hate to admit this, but like I didn't watch much women's lacrosse growing up. I was a big men's lacrosse uh, watcher. So I'd go to all the like final fours for the men's because they happened to be in Philly and it was super easy and accessible for me to get to. So um I just remember watching like specific teams, not necessarily players. So I watched Duke and Hopkins growing up a lot. Um, they were pretty dominant back in back then and still to this day. So uh, that was fun. Yeah. And obviously uh, before college, uh, you played for your high school lacrosse team in Garnet Valley, uh, where you had a lot of individual and team success. Uh, when you look back on your high school career now, what did you sort of take away from that experience? Yeah. So my, uh, my high school coach for my first my freshman and sophomore year uh she actually used to coach at the collegiate level so she kind of trained us like college athletes so i got exposed to that at a really like pivotal point in my well lacrosse career and um that was an awesome experience for me and then we had another coach come in because she decided our old coach decided to go and pursue d1 coaching again um and we had a new coach come in and she really helped make the game fun. And I would say that it really allowed me to learn that work hard and play hard mentality with the sport. So that's what I learned in, learned in high school. Uh, when you look back on your high school days, what's like the best memory that sort of stands out to you? Um, so I would say that we won a few state championships. So those are probably my best memories. Um, we, uh, my sophomore year, I believe it was, we, we were losing the state championship game by a ton. And then our coach carted out of the game and then we came back to win it. So I'd say that was a pretty fun memory for me. Um, definitely high stress, but it was awesome to get that comeback. Now, how did your high school lacrosse career help prepare you for college? I assume with the coaching staff that you were a part of and some of the players you got to play with and against definitely made that transition to college much easier. Yeah. So I had the, I was 
great fortune to play with a lot of great lacrosse players in my high school. So we had a few of them go D1. We had some go to Penn State, Rutgers, Temple, like a lot of the big programs. And I think just being surrounded by great talent um, where I was really starting to like build those fundamentals, build what type of player I was going to be and kind of just like those pivotal moments in high school where you just grow. I think it was awesome to be exposed to those types of leaders and players. And I do think that being challenged in high school was huge. Um, a lot of people in my area went D1 and there was just a lot of competition. So I think that really prepared me personally and everybody, I think, in my area for college because they've all had pretty successful careers. Now, you also played basketball in high school as well. I want to ask you about that just because what was it like playing another sport in high school and how do you think it helped you in lacrosse? Yeah, so I played soccer and basketball in high school, and I'd say being a at least a dual sport athlete, um, luckily I was a three sport, but uh, having the ability to learn different movements, how your body moves, what type of um, like just working different muscles in your body and different movements is super helpful to just one, I think prevent injury and two, also just learning IQ. Um, you're learning how to be a better athlete. You might not be like the most athletic, but you can figure out how to be an athlete and whatever and find success. I think that that's kind of an underrated skill that you learned through playing other sports rather than just being a lacrosse player. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you find this as a coach now, but I feel like most players growing up today don't really play multiple sports they sort of are one sport and I feel like it's kind of sad because at least when I was growing up most people played two sports so I feel like we need to try to encourage people to play all other sports besides the one that they love because I think it makes you enjoy that sport you eventually choose uh even more I could not agree more I think um I think specializing in sport takes away a lot of the joy when it does come to like playing your sport in college so just to prevent burnout and injury like I think people should definitely be playing multiple sports in high school now talk about your recruiting process with James Madison and what made you want to go there for other schools you might have looked at so uh I was definitely looking for something that like felt right to me um I thought I wanted to stay in Pennsylvania and then I decided to like keep an open mind and explore what options there were around me um I knew I wanted to go to a school and compete I knew that uh, I wanted to have like the ability to win championships whether that be on the national level or just in conference but uh something about just Shelly and the team and the culture really drew me in and I just felt comfortable um that's a big thing for me is like making sure that I felt comfortable in an environment and knew that like if lacrosse weren't weren't a factor like would I want to still be there and Jamie checked a lot of those boxes for me so um I decided to head down to Harrisonburg and super happy I did what was like the biggest adjustment you had to make to college lacrosse uh I would say just like the adjustment is trying to figure out where you fall on the team. I think a lot of people are the best on their team coming out of high school. And I think that the ones that find success are the ones who can adapt and find a role to slide into like early on. Um, so that self-awareness piece and the awareness of the team around you and like where that gap might be, I think is a huge point that um, underclassmen and first year 
athletes like need to be aware of also just like the skill level um and the speed so if you can keep up with those things and find out how to like adapt in that situation I think you can find success now in your first year with JMU your team won the CAA championship talk about winning that trophy your freshman year and what it means to you and your team yeah, so funny enough, uh, every graduating class at JMU has won a CAA title. And um, I was fortunate enough to be like on the team in my freshman year where that senior class hadn't won one yet. So it was like their one mission for the year was to make sure that they weren't the class that ended that. Uh, that's like stat, I guess. So they were super intense all year long. Like they had high expectations for the team and it was just awesome to see them leave that legacy for themselves and the future of JMU that um, they're able to accomplish it. And I think that having that leadership and knowing what it was like coming in my freshman year really set the tone for the next four. So I was really excited to be a part of that. And I think that that kind of laid the foundation for my class graduating with a national championship. Now you had your first tournament experience your freshman year against USC. Um, you guys lost that game, but my question is, what did you learn during that tournament game that you think helped your team moving forward in your collegiate career? I think that personally, like it was a winnable game for us. And I think that just like knowing that we were right there and um, it's possible because I don't know. I don't know the stat exactly, but I don't know how many games JMU had won in the past in the first round, but I don't think it was a lot. Uh, so I think that knowing that that was an option and possibility for us gave us hope for the future. And we're like, okay, like we are good. Like we can, we can make, we can make it past this. We can keep pushing. So I think that was a huge lesson for us and just, knowing that I don't know I just think it was a great experience for me as freshman now talk about what it's like playing in the CAA and just the competition you face each weekend yeah the CAA is super gritty um I would say that it's like a very tough schedule um I think as I went through my collegiate career it got better and better each year like I think one year we had three teams in the tournament which it's not normal for CAA to have three teams in the tournament so just being able to have that exposure as a conference and let everybody know that like we mean business and to not take us lightly because I think that a lot of people do think of the CAA as like a very gritty and tough and like hard-nosed conference so um I think it was awesome I love being part of something that has that reputation because I think it shows how tough you are and you can fight through anything in adversity and I don't know. I think CDA, CAA was great. As an alum, are you sort of upset that they're not in the CAA anymore? Um, yes and no. I think it's a great step for JMU to push into a conference like the AAC where um, they can get a little bit more, I don't know, they, they'll play Florida. They might get a little bit more hype. They are D1 football, like FBS. So I think it's really good because it shows that JMU is growing and it means that um, the school is looking to push for the athletics, which is awesome because I do think JMU has a lot of 
um, potential in the next few years for that type of athletic growth. Now, during your collegiate career, you kept improving and getting better and better. Uh, what would you say was the biggest improvement that you made to your game throughout your time with JMU? Um, I would say my skill by my senior year got a lot better. I think with the help of Colleen Shear, she kind of cleaned me up a little bit on like my stick work and the draws. And um, I think that that helps give me that extra edge that I needed to on the offensive end and in the circle for sure. Uh, I think that uh, over time, like obviously growing up with my class, like going through college with my class, uh, we all gained more confidence. And I think that with confidence and you'll grow your voice in the leadership role. And I think that that kind of helped develop me, but Colleen definitely helped a lot with skill. Um, and it was awesome. Now, one thing I love about your game, just reading up on your statistics as a midfielder, is how good you were defensively. Uh, what was your strategy in regards to causing turnovers? And also, how did you work on your draw controls as well? Yeah, so just to touch back on that draw control, like I did individuals with Colleen, like religiously throughout the week, like we would do maybe two or three or four individuals before or after practice, just to like get a stick in my hand tracking timing of jumps, um, turns, digs, all of the above. So that was really awesome for the draw. Um, and I had a great unit with me, like, honestly, Elena Rumsberg and Kristen Gaudian were incredible. And I think we just had killer chemistry and like a lot of trust. So I would say having that unit together in the circle was awesome for us. Um, they really made a difference. And if you look at the combined stats, I think for that year, we had, I don't know, a ton more that my senior year than we did in the junior year, just because we had that group together. We called it the rope unit and we were awesome. Um, but defensively, I'd say because we ran a zone, I think that it set us up for success because it allowed us, Emily Bossano gave us a lot of freedom to make decisions in that zone. And she really trusted our decision-making. Like she gave us the threats she gave us like their um tendencies and we were able to play the zone to those tendencies so i think that allowed us to have the creative freedom to make decisions and i think that's why um i mean becca Tucker also had a ton of turnovers and caroline sedan which had a ton of turnovers caused turnovers as well so um i think that that zone really set us up for success now in your junior year you guys won the cea championship again for the second time uh, what did that one sort of mean to you, especially with some of the adversity you guys faced uh, losing in that spot uh, during your sophomore year and then going to OT against Delaware in the semifinals and pulling that one through? Yeah, that was definitely a nail biter. <laughs> um, I would say that that was the year that I think the CAA was the most competitive. Uh, we Delaware always gave us a great game. So the fact that we could pull that out was huge for us. Um, I would say that I, I think we played a little bit angry that year because we were frustrated with how the performance was in the previous year in the championship game. And I, I don't think that we were allowing ourselves to let that happen again. So I think we had that little bit of a chip going into that tournament weekend. And I think after we won, it was just like a sigh of relief almost like, okay, we did it. Like we, we brought it back. Um, so 
it's hard to like talk about like the feelings. I'm like, I just like know that it was great, but like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then you guys won your first tournament game that year against Louisville. Talk about that win and what did you take away from your team's performance in that game? Yeah. So I think we played a complete game as a team um, that year versus Louisville. I think that we were set up for a very good run going into that playing Penn state in the next round. So um, I remember that just being like, also another, like, I don't want to say a sigh of relief, but it was like, it's so exciting that we had finally won our first round because we're like, okay, like we are good. Like we know that we're good. Um, and then going into Penn state the next day, I just think like they scouted us. They were, I think a little bit in better shape than us, like more recovered. I honestly, like they played a better game than we did. So props to them. But I do think that that was like the start of, okay, like we have something. Now let's talk about uh, your historic senior year. Um, as a senior, what type of leadership did you want to bring to the team? Would you consider yourself more of a vocal leader or lead by example type of player? Um, personally, I I have a combination of both. Um, I would say that vocal when needed, but uh, definitely lead by example. I'm not the type of leader player that's going to say something to you and I'm not going to do it myself. It's just not my style. But I do think like overall, our leadership group and the captains was so perfect for what the team needed. I think that we complement each other very well. Um, Rebecca Tucker was, she took on the hard role of having to like lay down the law at times and it's not an easy role. And I respect the hell out of the hell out of her for that. And um, I think that it really helped the team out. And then Morgan Hart, she was um, a leader that, really put things into perspective for people and allowed everybody or helped everybody buy in. And I do think that that was massive for this team because without total buy-in, you don't get where we got that year. Now, at what point during that season did you think your team was capable of winning a national championship? And what do you think was this biggest step that your team took that year uh, from your junior year to your senior year that sort of allowed you to have the success that you did because as we talked about before uh, we started recording, I just got a women's lacrosse this past year. So I would imagine during that season, not many people had JMU winning the national championship before that season began. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody had us winning that year except us, maybe. Um, <laughs> so it really started before the season even began. Um, we had a conversation in the locker room and we discussed how possible it was like seeing how Navy in the previous years had gotten to the final four. We're like, guys, like other teams are doing it. Like, why not us? Like, why would we not be able to do it? We had gone undefeated in both fall balls, um, my junior and senior year. Like we beat really tough competition. We're like, we returned the same team. We got past the first round for the first time. We like got over that hump. So like, why not go all the way? Um, so I'd say like, it really did begin. It was like a two-year process for sure. Um, but I think we truly believed after we had beaten UNC in that first game and we we're like, yep, this is it. Like we're going. Now, 
how did you guys sort of maintain that consistency throughout the regular season? And obviously when you guys keep winning games and that pressure sort of builds up, how do you sort of handle that pressure of being a top ranked team with targets start to form on your team's back, especially towards the end of the season? Yeah. So I don't even think that we thought that we had a target on our back. I think we expected that nobody thought that we were going to win. And they're like, why is JMU here? Like, like they don't deserve to be here. So we kind of played with that chip and we played this little mind game with ourselves. Cause we're like, okay, like we're ranked, we're top ranked, like we're top ranked in, in the um, rankings. And everyone still thinks that like, we're going to lose these games. Like in the first round, it's like, Oh, like how did you guys beat UVA? We're like, I mean, we have the home field advantage and we're the three seed. Like, isn't it expected that we win? Yeah. <laughs> like, so um, I think we played with a little bit of an attitude, which comes off the wrong way at times, which I totally understand, but it was a way to motivate us to keep pushing at practice because we're like, we have to be better. Like, this isn't good enough. Like people think that they can beat us, but we're not going to let them type of mentality. So as I guess an underdog mentality, but we didn't really feel like the underdog. Yeah. Well, your team didn't have an easy road to the national championship, having to beat four top 20 opponents, uh, including North Carolina and Boston College in the national championship game, who was ranked fourth at that time. Uh, in your perspective, what would you say was the key for your team success in the tournament against those highly ranked opponents? I think just knowing that teams were going to make adjustments on us and we have to be ready for anything. So day in, day out of practice, we would throw different things at different players. Like we'd throw a face guard on Hannah Haven. We'd throw a face guard on Kristen. We would like total deny um, like E, like we would do different things that allowed uh, us to experience like what it, what that looked like. And we had like high expectations for people. Like if one person wasn't showing up, in a game, the next person, like we had seven people on the attacking end that were just like ready to go. They're like, okay, like you're shut out, you're shut off. Like, give me the ball. Like I'm going to go. They can't stop seven threats. So I think that like that total team play and the confidence that everybody had on that field was huge for going up against those top ranked opponents. Like that piece, I think is what helped propel us through the tournament. What was the most memorable game during your championship run? I would assume it's probably the BC game, but I maybe it's the UNC one. I don't know. I'm curious what you think it is. Honestly, like, I don't even know if those were the most memorable. The most memorable one for me is probably the Florida game, just because, like, it was a – it was like a bloodbath. Like, it was such a physical game, like – we couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Like it was rainy. It was just like, it was a tough, it was a tough game. And like, honestly, I'm so happy that like our freshmen showed up and like stepped up in moments where we like needed a goal and Charlotte Haggerty, she just stepped up, scored a few goals. She's like, Oh guys, no big deal. And we're like, Oh, okay. Charlotte can do it. Then like, we all can do it. And we just had some pivotal moments in that game that like really changed momentum. And like, that was, that was huge for us. Um, the UNC and the BC games are definitely memorable, but like from a like, oh no, like <laughs> that was, I was like, okay, thank God. Like these people stepped up in this game. <laughs> now describe to me what it's like winning a national championship, especially for a school that really no one gave any chance to win it that year. 
I didn't really know what it meant or felt like to win a national championship until like a year later. Like after the game, I was just like in total shock. I didn't know what to do. Like all my friends around me were like crying of happiness. And I was just like, wow, guys, we did it. Like it was so surreal and I really didn't I didn't realize how hard it was until like a year after it. Like truly, um truly did not. And it like didn't hit me for a while, but I know everybody on the team was just like so ecstatic and like it was unlike anything we've ever experienced before. Great way to end off your collegiate career, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's nice to go out with the W. Oh, for sure. Not many people can say that, too. So, yeah. Um, but I know it's kind of a broad question, but what will you take away from your collegiate um, lacrosse experience? Um, I think just, like, you only get so many, so many days to be with your best friends in college. And I think that that's um, – overlooked sometimes I think that lacrosse ends up becoming a job in some some universities and some people like feel that it's a job but if you can make the most out of every day and like find a way to just like enjoy playing the sport that we started playing like for fun I think that's when you truly truly find like a special team is when you can get a lot like the majority to feel that way and just enjoy being at practice. So I think Shelly did a great job of allowing us to bring our personalities and allow us to like be goofy and fun and like work hard and like truly enjoy the whole college experience because you can have it all. Like you can at the collegiate level, you just have to figure out how to manage it. But I do think that enjoying the sport that you started was something I'll take away because I truly do love it. Now you're now the new assistant coach uh, for ASU women's lacrosse. Uh, what's the transition like from being a player to being a coach and what have you learned in that position so far? Yeah. So um, before ASU, I was at JMU coaching and um, I would say the hardest thing from transitioning to playing into coaching is like, you can't just hop in and show them. <laughs> um I think that's the toughest transition for like a new player right out of college is that like you have to find ways to articulate what you want and find the way that best suits the team so learning different styles different approaches to how you explain things how you deal with people I think that that's super important and valuable um and I think great coaches understand how to motivate their team and make them the best that they can be with what they have. So, um, yeah, I would say that's huge. And it's definitely an adjustment for people, especially if you're used to a certain style, but having that like emotional intelligence and uh, understanding is is where I think makes the difference between coaches. Now, I know all you know is JMU, but how happy are you to be at uh, Arizona State? Is it, is it fun being there? Yeah, no, I, I love Arizona state. I mean, being in Arizona itself is like awesome, super hot, but like the girls want to work hard. Um, they definitely want to get better. So I think that I'm excited to be working 
working and going through this journey with Caroline Wakefield and Taryn Vanthoff. Um, I think that we have a lot of knowledge to bring to them. So we're hopeful that we can, you know, make West Coast lacrosse great. So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-lacrosse segment where I ask you some non-lacrosse questions just to know, just to get to know you a little bit more off the field. Okay. Uh, so first one is what music do you like to listen to? <laughs> Honestly, it kind of depends on my mood. Um, I go through a bunch of different genres of music, so it can range from like alternative rock to EDM to like, I don't know, like 2000s hip hop. Like, I don't know. It just depends on like what I'm feeling and like what what memories I want to jog from my past. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I would say I'm the same way. I'm probably a little more not as specific with type of genre of music. So like if yeah. I'm in a country music mode, I'll just go to my country music playlist. If I'm in a hip hop mode, I'll go to my hip hop playlist. So, so that's usually how I do it. Um, but usually, like I, I totally get where you're coming from. It depends on the mood that you're in. For sure. Now, what is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Oh, um, that is a great question um <laughs> i can give you my answer if you need to think about it yeah what did you what did I, you... Saw, I saw that death valley was going to be like the hottest it's ever going to be like at 130 something degrees which i thought was pretty crazy and it's mm -hmm. just crazy seeing the weather that's going on right now in the u.s because it seems like part of the country is like in a heat like it's so bad like how hot it is in parts of the country in <laughs> other parts of the country it's like tornado central and then it's raining in some other parts of the country. So it's just crazy just seeing all the uh, weather extremities that are going on right now. And hopefully um, we can do something to sort of fix that uh, in regards to climate change. But uh, yeah, I do think that's pretty interesting. And hopefully uh, we could find a way to sort of get that uh, fixed up if we can do it. Wow. That is that 136 degrees? Something like that. It's pretty nuts. People were going there just to see what it was like, which I don't. I would not do that at all wouldn't you just like instant like wouldn't the water in your body just like instantly evaporate like i have no hot. idea <laughs> i have no idea I, I wouldn't try it personally but if people want to do that go for it i guess oh, dang i don't i don't know honestly i've been so like into everything that's going on at au right now but i can't even think I saw uh -huh. that uh, it, uh, you guys signed a former podcast guest, Erica Evans, who also won a national oh, championship. Yeah. So that I'll, I'll, I could say that's your most interesting thing. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> awesome. Well, shout out to her. She's the best. So yeah. Uh, who had the best off the field style on the JMU lacrosse team besides yourself? Obviously, I it seemed like you definitely rock some good fits uh, before each game. <laughs> I don't know if I was the fit queen, um, but I would say. Hannah Haven was definitely like the bougiest um, girl on the team. And then you had, um, <laughs> we like had some crazy fits. Like we, our team at the final four, we got these like Nike dresses and we decided that we were all going to wear them out to dinner and they were so ugly, so <laughs> ugly. Um, but we did it anyway, just cause it was like funny. Uh, but I guess, I guess Hannah, I don't, mm -hmm. I mean, Maddie McDaniel also, she was pretty, pretty stylish. And then, 
Yeah. Oh, Lexi Van Kirk. She's no long. She like played our freshman year, but she she had some good style. She was she wore good clothing. Now, final non lacrosse question is: What is one item on your bucket list they hope to achieve one day? So I, I'm glad you asked this because I literally just thought of this. Um, like I don't know, like a month ago, but I definitely want to hit all 50 states. Um, at some point. So slowly checking those off. Um, Got to get to Hawaii and Alaska at some point. Those seem to be the hard ones, but been to a lot of them. Uh, how many? Do you know how many specifically? Um, I think I've been to like thirty or thirty-five. That's pretty. It's more than me. I've been to only like ten or eleven, if yeah. if I think of, of on the top of my head. So I've never been to the West Coast or anywhere like that. So. Oh, you got it out. I know, I know. I feel like the toughest ones would be like Oklahoma or New Mexico because like yeah. what are you gonna do there and how do you even get there in the first place? I know. I I need to hit like all the midwestern ones, like the Dakotas and yeah. Anna, Idaho. So I gotta get to those. That's a good bucket list. Mine's sort of similar, just traveling to different places. One of them being Hawaii in the West Coast, love to go yeah. out there. And then obviously explore Europe and all that stuff. So and parts of Canada, too, I'd like to visit. So that's sort of what's on my bucket list at the moment. Nice. It's great. We're getting back to some lacrosse questions now. First one is, what should be done to help grow women's lacrosse from your perspective? Um. So funny enough, we just had this like, conversation at AU, but just getting people more exposed to sport and um, finding more ways to get people to games and tune into watching us on ESPN. So I just think like the more exposure we can get and get sticks in people's hands, the better off we're going to be. So we're going to try to make it more entertaining for everybody. So people want to watch, um, but that's kind of the goal. Yeah. I definitely find it very entertaining myself. <laughs> I know I'm kind of probably unbiased opinion being on a women's lacrosse podcast, but yeah. um, it's very fun to watch and I hope the program can get better because I've only watched really, I only really see the collegiate games on TV. I haven't yeah. seen any pro games on TV. So they're fun. I'll, def I'll definitely tune in now. So, um, well, before we end this interview, Haley, do you have any shouts you want to give to your former teammates, uh, current uh, ASU players uh, or family members or friends? And who should we have on the podcast next? Um, definitely a shout out to the whole 2018 national championship team. Like, they're awesome. I know I shout out a few of you, but um, definitely like my whole class, you guys are rock stars and wouldn't have done it with anybody else or found the amount of success we did without those puzzle pieces being together. So um, yeah, 2018 team. Let's go. That's awesome. awesome. Um, and then I think you should ask Nicole Levy to join your podcast next. I'm actually her roommate at um, AU right now. And I know she'll probably kill me for saying this, but you should ask her to come on. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely reach out and uh, see what happens. <laughs> but uh, Haley, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. It means a lot to myself. You're a great person, great player. And I had it was awesome getting the chance to sort of talk and uh, meet with you today and hear your story. So I appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with ASU uh, next season. Thank you. Appreciate it.